Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is July 21st, 2022, and our first story... Joe Biden's aggregate approval rating has now shattered the record low of Donald Trump. Joe Biden has lower aggregate approval than Donald Trump did. Objectively, more Americans liked Donald Trump. That's it. That's deep regret for Joe Biden. Now, maybe many of these people still don't like Trump, but the numbers don't lie. It's going to be bad in the midterms for Democrats, and they refuse to wake up. In our next story, Dave Chappelle cancels a show after threats from the far left. And in our last story, Joe Biden has COVID or cancer or whatever. I don't know. Why do we just blindly trust it? Honestly, this is why the segments last, because I don't know what to believe. If you like the show, give us a good review and leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. The moment has come, and today is a historical day. Joe Biden's approval rating in aggregate has dropped below Donald Trump's lowest approval rating in aggregate. Joe Biden is now the worst president in history. Okay, well, that last one was an opinion, but we're not including the latest Quinnipiac poll on Joe Biden when we look at the aggregate. But Donald Trump's lowest point, 37.1, has now been shattered by Joe Biden with 36.8. And if we add in Quinnipiac's latest poll showing Joe Biden with 31% approval, his aggregate approval rating drops to 36.2. I believe it is fair to say at this point that Joe Biden is the worst president we have had ever. Just the other day, he said he had cancer on accident, I guess. Now he has COVID. I don't blame him for having either if he even does. But it's not just about Joe Biden. It's about his entire administration being absolute failures. Not only are we seeing a collapsing approval rating for Joe Biden, but Kamala Kamala Harris ain't too far behind. It's remarkable. Democrats altogether are suffering in their approval ratings. And Gallup has said, as well as every other polling institution, the historical metrics show it is going to be apocalyptic for the Democrats in November. Wokeness has appeared to have caught up with them. Now, when we compare, this is what's really fascinating. 
When we compare the press that Donald Trump received to say Barack Obama, and now you look at Joe Biden, something very, very strange emerges. Donald Trump's press was only 5% positive, according to Pew Research. And we know that Joe Biden gets endless defense from the press. Now, don't get me wrong. The man has been criticized more so than Obama, but endless translation and, and defense. Joe Biden literally said he had cancer yesterday and every outlet rushes out to defend him, saying it's not true. It's not true. But the man said he had it. Joe Biden came out and said, Trinidad and a shot of pressure. Trinidad and a shot of pressure. Bad calf care. And the media comes out and translate or ignores what he says. And his approval rating is, is this bad? That's remarkable. Donald Trump faced an uphill battle with smears and lies. And even with all of that going on, Jim Cramer, of all people, said the best numbers of our lives. Something is broken in this country when you can have a presidential administration as bad as Joe Biden's with a border crisis, with a war in Eastern Europe, with food shortages, fuel shortages, five dollars a gallon gas, record setting gas prices, record inflation. And he only just now fell below Donald Trump. And with Donald Trump in 2019, we get the best numbers of our lives. This country is broken, my friends. Democrat voters, 31 percent right now approving of Joe Biden, I believe, have a cognitive deficiency. There is no reasonable person who can look at what is going on right now with Joe Biden and say, I approve of this. Unless, of course, you approve of the destruction of this country. So perhaps, perhaps 31 percent of this country want to see it burnt to the ground and they approve of what Joe Biden is doing. It is horrifying and crazy, but I will say as much as many people laugh at this, and we do, ha ha ha, Joe Biden, oh, it's so crazy. We're laughing at our own destruction. It is the clown coming out and saying that there is a fire in the backstage and the audience laughs, thinking it's part of the act. And he says, no, no, there's a fire. I believe it was that, uh, was that Kierkegaard? I could be wrong. That's what we're witnessing. Only this time when the clown runs out and says, Trinidad is a of pressure. We all laugh like, look at the bumbling fool. All of us relying on this man to lead our country at a time of great crisis. And we can't do anything but laugh. Now, many of us are angry and that I get. And come November, people will vote. And maybe we'll laugh as we vote and say, let's keep it cool. Let's have a good time and let's get this man out of there. Now he's got COVID. Now he's got cancer. Whichever one, I don't know. White House says he doesn't have cancer. He had cancer a few years ago. But now they're saying he has COVID. Okay. Let me show you the aggregate approval ratings. And I want to show you what the media is saying about the Democrats, because even at this point, the media is saying the Democrats just won't wake up. They will not pay attention to what is destroying them. And they are obsessed with January 6th and the insurrection. Before we get started, head over, my friends, <clears throat> to TimCast.com and become a member. On the left hand side, you will see this beautiful join us button. Click it and then you can see an easy way that you can become a member. And here's the good news. Many of you said, I won't sign up because I don't want to use PayPal. We don't use PayPal anymore. We have removed them from the site. When you sign up, you will be using Parallel Economy, co-founded by Dan Bongino with investment from Rumble. It is a censorship resistant platform. And you know what? They need your support. You don't want to support PayPal? I hear you. You should support Parallel Economy. And we use them for our membership infrastructure. 
So when you sign up, you're supporting companies that don't hate you. You'll also get access to exclusive shows. We're going to be reworking the graphics. We're going to have the Timcast Uncensored After Hours show, Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. It's currently up now, a huge library of content, but we're going to make it easier for you to find. You'll be supporting all of our other shows. You'll, you'll, you'll be getting access to Tales from the Inverted World. These are hour-long shows, audio, visual experience, storytelling essays. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. If you like suspense, horror, true crime stuff, it'll be right up your alley. Very different from this. Many people, maybe it's not for you. And we also are moving the Cast Castle vlog, a sitcom, mixing real life behind the scenes of the castle with jokes. Some people have said it's a vlog with an identity crisis you want people to pay for. And you are exactly right. And we're going to make it good. We're just going to have to figure it out. We are not Hollywood. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel and uh, share the show with your friends. The Daily Mail says, are you sure you want to run again, Joe? Biden's national approval rating nosedives to 31% and hits the lowest in Iowa of any president in history at 27. More disastrous polls show more than 70% don't want him to run in 2024. Resign, man. Now, I don't think Kamala Harris is doing any better. She's in the polls a little better, but at least... At least when she says words, the words come out. Now I know, I know Kamala Harris may as well be a predictive text generator like she's not really there. I got to say, it feels like whoever's running the simulation cranked down the CPU power. And now we're being run by Biden and Kamala. Let me read to you about the latest Quinnipiac polls. But you know what? Hold on there a minute. I'm not a big fan of taking a singular poll and being like, oh, we got a bad poll. I remember there was a time. Shout out to our good friend, David Pakman, where we're, there were two videos that popped up on YouTube. Mine was Donald Trump's approval rating at record high, and his was Donald Trump's approval rating at record low. And certainly, neither, these both can't be true, can they? Dave, his, he did a disapproval at record high, took a single poll from the AP showing that and said, look at that. I took the aggregate polling of his approval and said, look at that. Now, in my opinion, I think mine is a more accurate assessment. I don't think taking a single poll is fair. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you first Donald Trump for context. Donald Trump's presidential job approval was always underwater. Why? Because the media wouldn't shut up about him and they lied nonstop. But as we can see in the early days, his approval rating fell dramatically on December 16th, 2017. His approval rating reached its lowest point in aggregate at 37.1%. It's bad. It was bad. And we watched Joe Biden fail. And today it happened. Joe Biden's aggregate approval rating, 36.8. And you know what? Right here, they don't include the updated numbers from Quinnipiac, which had him at 33% just a few days ago. If we were to add in the latest numbers for Quinnipiac, it would drop Joe Biden to 36.2. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. 
They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. If we want to not double up on Quinnipiac, then it would drop him down to about 36.5. 36.8 right now, lower than Donald Trump's lowest point for his entire presidency, hands down. It, you you got to say it. All of you who voted for Joe Biden made a mistake, period. And I will tell you this. If the American people now, to a greater degree, think Biden is doing worse, it is objective. The American people now think Biden was, is a worse president than Trump. 31%, according to Quinnipiac, still would have voted for the guy. But if there were to be an election today, I believe Donald Trump would. Oh, I'm going to say it. 50 state landslide. I'm sorry. It's 49 state landslide because there's always the one state that just doesn't line up. It's like, what do we have? Reagan and uh, who else got that? Um, I can't remember who. Nixon. It was Nixon and Reagan. I think each got like a 49 state landslide. It's possible. A rarity in these day and age, seemingly unheard of considering the political divide. But let me just give you the point, my friends. Please say it. Take it home. Tell your family in aggregate of all of the polls available. Joe Biden is objectively lower in approval than Donald Trump. More people at Trump's lowest supported him than Joe Biden at his lowest. There you go. Objectively, we done. Now, you can look back at Joe Biden's early presidency and you can see how he had this great approval rating. People were like, yay, he's not Donald Trump. And then he surrendered in Afghanistan. And everybody kind of uh, uh, threw up in their mouths a little bit watching what happened in Afghanistan. And that's when Joe Biden's approval rating flipped. People all of a sudden wait, said, wait, 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 hold on. How many soldiers died? Yo, what did you do? And now they're paying attention. Let me show you how crazy this is. I pulled up this Pew Research Center from 2017 a comparison of early coverage of past administrations. This is early. There's a bunch of other data on Trump. We know, according to, I think it's real clear politics, that Donald Trump had substantially more press that was substantially more negative than his, than his uh, predecessor. Looking at this chart, which uses data to 2017, Trump's in 2017 approval rating. So this is all the first year for the president's. His, I'm sorry, his positive assessment was 5%. 5%, 5%, negative was 62%. No matter what Trump did, they just said bad, 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 bad. Obama, 42% positive, 20% negative. Barack Obama killed children, committed extrajudicial assassinations against American children, and they write beautiful puff pieces. Remember when the only scandal was Barack Obama's tan suit? Oh, yeah, they said that. I remember the scandal of Barack Obama murdering Abdulrahman Alalaki in Yemen when he ordered a drone strike on a civilian restaurant in a country we are not at war with and executed a 16-year-old American child. 
And where was the negative press? Where were the hearings? Where were the protests? Where was the outrage? This stuff makes me want to vomit. Donald Trump was a Russian agent. Lies. The man has faults. I love to mock Donald Trump and the things he does, but he was such a better president than Barack Obama in so many ways. And they come out, and even I think Joe Rogan made this point. Maybe I'm getting his quote wrong, but something about Obama was like one of the greatest presidents. We had something to that effect. And I'm just like, dude, Donald Trump did bad in, in, in foreign policy, but he did overwhelming good in foreign policy with the Abraham Accords, with no new wars, with getting our troops out. It was incredible to see. And Barack Obama was like, uh, I'm going to bump kids. I'm going to blow up kids. Too many. And then he did. He blew up a bunch of young men. And when people were like, hey, Obama, you're killing civilians, he said, well, they're military age males. I don't want to harp on that stuff. I get really riled up about it. I am just sickened by the media lies about Donald Trump. The man has faults. You don't need to lie about it. And that's all they would do. From ABC News. Will Democrats, enemy of my enemy, midterm strategy be effective? No, no, I'm sick of it. The people have woken up. They are looking at Joe Biden. They are reading the news. And that's why his approval rating is lower than Donald Trump's. Say it again for me. Joe Biden's aggregate record low is lower than Trump's because the American people said, shut your mouths. But they won't stop. They absolutely won't stop. It's all they're doing. Take a look at this. ABC says, as midterm elections heat up, political campaigns are beginning to think differently and trying to trying some unorthodox methods to win. Recently, there have been efforts by Democrats PACs to steer Republican voters to specific candidates in primaries. In Maryland, one Democratic PAC, DGA Action, ran ads promoting Republican gubernatorial candidate Dan Cox, who was endorsed by former President Trump. Other races are taking similar approaches. ABC News political director Rick Klein spoke with Start Here Wednesday about the strategy and its effectiveness. To put it simply, the Democrats are engaged in a conspiracy. I mean, that's a, that's a statement of fact. The Democrats are engaged in a false flag operation. Statement of fact. Here's what they're doing. They're coming out on January 6th. I'm sorry, the January 6th hearings saying there is an existential threat to this country. Look at the far right and cheering for Trump. Then powerful Democrat associated organizations fund those very same people, propping them up, hoping that by demonizing them, then making them the candidates, they're setting themselves up to steal power in a rather simple way. But are they telling the American people things they want to hear? Are they saying, listen, we're going to we're going to fix the economy. We're going to lower gas prices. We're going to we're going to help your kids. No, they're saying there's a boogeyman. There's a boogeyman right behind you. Hey, guy, I'll give you 20 bucks. going to be a boogeyman and stand behind this guy. That's what they're doing. They're funding the people they claim are the villains. That's what you'd call a false flag operation, a political false flag. Here we go. This one from the National Review. Why Democrats won't wake up. They won't wake up. Good, I guess. You know, I'm seeing I, I'm, I'm a traditional liberal, right? I'm not a, I'm not a conservative. I'm not a Republican. I want to see a functioning Democratic Party with with legitimate policy positions, moderate policy positions. There's no such thing. The far left calls the calls the Democrats far right. And that's just insane because Joe Biden endorses tons of leftist policy. There's no position for traditional liberals anymore. They say on the menu today. 
The editors of The Economist beg the Democratic Party's leaders to wake up to the fact they're about to get demolished in the midterms. Politico reports the gubernatorial race in Pennsylvania has begun to look more competitive than either party expected. The Economist blames the loud voices of the hard left fringe and warns that Democrats must moderate or die. But this is just about the least likely moment for centrist Democrats to launch a new fight against AOC types. And Democrats won't have that fight until a midterm thrashing forces them to. And even then, Democrats may well choose to learn the wrong, but more comforting lessons from a sweeping defeat. Wake up, Democrats, cries the cover of the most recent issue of The Economist. They won't, at least not before the midterm elections. The editors of The Economist, sensing an impending midterm blowout, and the ensuing empowerment of a Trump-friendly GOP beg the Democratic Party's leaders to distance themselves from the fringe elements. Fringe and sometimes dotty ideas have crept into Democratic rhetoric, peaking in the feverish summer of 2020 with a movement to defund the police, abolish immigration enforcement, shun capitalism, relabel women as birthing people, and eject anti-racism in the classroom. If the Democrats are defined by their most extreme and least popular ideas, they will be handing a winning agenda of culture war grievance to an opposition party that has yet to purge itself of the poison that makes Mr. Trump unfit for office. The Democrats have begun to put this right, but they lack urgency. That may be because some of them blame their problems on others, as when the White House points to Putin's price hike or the negativity of Republican politicians and the conservative media. Although there is something to this, the party also needs to ditch, ditch cherished, cherished myths that empower its idealists. Hey, I'd love to see an American political culture characterized by sane centrist Democrats arguing with sane conservative Republican Party, moving the country in a gradual, steady center right direction. But that's not going to happen anytime, anytime soon, says the National Review. They go on to say first out of all the possible outcomes for the for leaders of the party and its centrist members to embrace a fight with the hard left grassroots. Four months before Election Day is perhaps the worst time. Right now, Democrats desperately need progressives, the Bernie bros, the squad fans and your crazy Aunt Edna with the Ruth Bader Ginsburg prayer candles to turn out in November. They're disappointed enough with Joe Biden already. The future of Senators Raphael Warnock of Georgia, Catherine Cortez Masto of Nevada, Maggie Hassan of New Hampshire, and Mark Kelly of Arizona depends upon frustrated and impatient progressives in those states. Second, rebuking the fringe left is going to be difficult, and few people embrace the difficult change until they hit the bottom. Nobody likes admitting that they got something wrong. And nobody in politics wants to admit that their approach didn't work until after they have paid a high price at the ballot box. The disappointing results of 2020 were clearly not enough. Shortly after the election, Rep. Abigail Spanberger of Virginia seethed about her party's left wing, quote, Tuesday was a failure. It was not a success. If we don't mean defund the police, we shouldn't say that. And we need to we need to not ever use the word socialist or socialism ever again, because while people think it doesn't matter, it does matter. And we lost good members because of that. If we are classifying Tuesday as a success from a congressional standpoint, we will get effing torn apart in 2022. Abigail, you're right. It's coming. And it is only about three and a half months away. If that it is going to be remarkably, remarkably brutal. Do the Democrats seem more centrist and results focused now than they did in 2020? We can debate whether AOC and Bernie Sanders actually have a lot of influence over what passes in Congress, but they still get covered as if they do. 
There are still members of Congress who embrace defund the police. Unsurprisingly, they spend a lot of personal, uh, they, they spend a lot on personal private security. The Biden White House keeps using the term Latinx. The assistant secretary of HHS went on MSNBC to argue there should be no limits on teenagers' ability to obtain gender affirmation treatment. Let me stop you right there, National Review, and call it what it is, child sex change operations. And Democrats and their allies continue to attack minority Republican candidates in repugnantly hateful and alienating ways. NBC News reports that a Texas blogger paid by Democratic rep Vincente Vincente Gonzalez's campaign is attacking the Republican opponent as Miss Frijoles. The other day I mentioned the Miss Frijoles story and how I wanted to get uh, 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 fajitas. I did go get fajitas and I take issue. How dare you call this lady Miss Frijoles? It's just astoundingly racist. I can't believe it, man. I mean, I, I mean, I can believe it. I can believe it. The Democrats have lost the plot. You know, uh, I was talking yesterday. I think this was after the show. We had uh, Danny Farrar of Soldier Fit on Timcast IRL. And, uh, and we were talking and he said, is there like one issue that's like they could embrace? You just wouldn't vote for it. Like, what would that be? I was like, that's easy. You could get a MAGA Democrat saying like, I'm going to restore the Democratic Party. I want secure borders. I want to bring manufacturing back to this country. I want to I want to bring uh, I want to I want to I want to help the, the middle class get the you know good jobs. I want school choice. I'd be like, OK, I hear you. Keep going. They say, I'm going to defend the Second Amendment. I'm gonna like, OK, they're, they're going to say, I'm going to repeal the NFA. And I'm like, all right. And then they go and they propose sex change operations for children. I say, OK, you're out. Never going to happen. That and late term abortion, bro, any Democrat and it's all of them, except for Joe Manchin. They come out and they say that the United States should allow abortion up to nine months. And I'm just like, I'm not voting for you. It doesn't mean I want to vote for Republicans either. I don't agree with banning abortion at all turns. So I don't know what the answer is for the politically homeless people like me. They're going to say after a midterm election blowout in November, maybe Democratic Party leaders and their centrists will have the stomach to confront their left wing. No, they won't. They didn't do it in 2020 when they lost central Miami. I think it was I think it's Miami. They, they, they didn't change when they lost the Rio Grande Valley. They're doubling down. Myra Flores won a historic Democrat district. It's not the first time it's happened in a few years. They just aren't paying attention or they don't care or they're nuts. They say progressives will try to blame Joe Biden and he'll deserve some of the blame. Biden is old, tired and likely not up to the job anymore. He tends to wildly overpromise. Remember, his promise that if he was elected, his administration could cure cancer. Well, now apparently he's saying he has it, which was a mistake, I guess, and dramatically underdeliver. On issue after issue, he denies problems until they're too glaring to ignore. Then offers excuses and whines that everyone is so unfair to him. He's an absolute deadweight for his party heading to the midterm. And the surviving Democratic office holders will eagerly blame him after the fact if they expect if the expected red tsunami materializes. I've said, said it before and I'll say it again. It's not going to be a red flood. What we are looking at with the metrics is a red great flood. We are talking biblical. It is not it is not a red wave. It is not a red tsunami. No, I'm sorry. It is a great flood. So the Democrats better start building their ark now or perhaps by now it's too too late. Gallup reported last month Usual midterm indicators very unfavorable for Democrats. By all means, Gallup, you can say apocalyptic. Very unfavorable. Okay, fine. I'll accept it. Take a look at this. 
They say the party of the president typically loses U.S. House seats in the midterm elections, an average of 23 since 1974. However, 2020 is not shaping up to be an average year. Rather, as of May, Gallup finds presidential job approval and three other key national mood indicators well below the historical averages measured in past midterm election years. On their own, those numbers would all predict a greater than average loss of seats for the Democratic Party this fall. Take a look at this. You're going to love it. Here we go. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Gallup's latest data from a May 2nd to 22 survey finds 41% of Americans approving of the of the of what Biden of Biden's job uh, approving of his job. Okay. In aggregate, it's down to 36.8. 18% approve of the job Congress is doing blah blah blah. Let's take a look at this chart. Here we go. When the president's job approval is at 51%, they uh, the house will will lose 23 seats for the opposing party. Let me stress that again. Going all the way back. I mean, you can look at this. You can look with Ford in 1974. His approval was at 54 and Congress was at 35. And they still, the president's party still lost 43 seats. This is amazing. So if the president's approval rating is 51, the president's party will lose 23 seats. Uh, What happens when the president's approval rating is well below that? Okay. Well, with Barack Obama in 2010, his approval rating was at 45 to a congressional approval rating of 21. And the Democrats lost 63 seats. Interesting. Joe, uh, Joe Biden in 2022, they're saying his approval rating is at 41. Congressional approval is at 18. U.S. satisfaction is at 16. Economic conditions are negative 32. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But under Trump, With even less than favorable conditions, the Republicans lost 40 seats. And that's something. Isn't that something? Now, see, this is a mistake I made. In 2018, I thought it was going to be huge for Republicans because things were trending towards the Republicans. uh, But I should have considered that the Democrats, that the opposing party comes out in force after they lose. So we got Joe Biden coming into his first term midterms with an approval rating at the time comparable to, to Trump's with less congressional approval and half of U.S. satisfaction. Donald Trump's economic conditions when he lost 40 seats was 43 net positive. That People love the economy and the Republicans still lost 40 seats. I don't know, man. I think it's going to be so much worse than anyone realizes. But I could be wrong. We are in dangerous tribal cult times, so I could be wrong. 
1994, Clinton, with 46% approval, saw a loss of 53 seats. This was massive. It's like the first time I think the Republicans actually took back the House in like 40 years or some ridiculous amount of time. So, well, I don't know if that's exactly something like that. The Obama numbers are really fascinating. The economic conditions were minus 31, a 63 seat swing. But we also had the Tea Party around then. So that that may have been the factor. I'm not sure if that's exactly the factor. I think Tea Party was a, a big push. Grassroots activism. Today, I tell you this, my friends, what you need to do, tell three of your friends when you're going to vote to come vote with you. Make that your mission, seriously. And don't just call them up. Go to your friend's house and say, get up, come with, come with me, we're going to vote. Tell them to do it. You live in a rural area, drive to your neighbor's house, knock on the door and ask them if they voted. I don't care if it's annoying. Because I tell you this, you got to do it. If every single person in every district, every, every congressional district, came out and said, I am going to get all of my, the people who believe, who believe in me to vote, you'd win. Let me tell you something. In AOC's district, the amount of Republicans outnumbers the amount of votes that AOC got. Now I'm estimating here, and it could be wrong, but the amount of people who are not Democrats in AOC's district could actually swing the vote to a Republican, but no one tries. Now, maybe it's a fair assessment. You're really, are you really going to get every single Republican to go vote, especially when they feel like there's no point? It's tough. I tell you this, in a D plus 75, you have around 20% being Republican. We're talking like 140, 100, about 160, 150,000 people. It may not actually beat AOC. I could be wrong on the numbers, but it gets close. And if each and every one of those people convinced even 0.1 people and gave themselves a 10% boost, then you win. Then all of a sudden, people are questioning how AOC's district could go Republican. That makes no sense. But it's because you got to do the work. You got to go out. You got to talk to people. You got you to shake hands and kiss babies. Don't shake babies and kiss hands. You can kiss hands and shake hands and, 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 and kiss babies, but don't shake babies. There's a joke. Some, some comedian had that joke where he's like going out and kissing hands and shaking babies. I, I, kissing hands, actually, I guess is normal. But don't shake babies. That's the joke. You got to go out. The Democrats have the advantage because they have dense urban centers where it's easy to do uh, campaigning. It's easy to knock on doors. It's easy to stand in the middle of the street waving signs. One sign held up by one person. 10,000 10, people seat in an hour. Out in a rural area, 10 people seat an hour. That means... It's going to be a lot harder for people who oppose the corruption. And this is why Democrats tend to have that advantage. They have the urban centers. Republicans got to start buying ads in big cities. You got to start engaging with people you think don't want to hear it because they may not vote for you, but you need to plant the seeds of those ideas. They don't do it. They won't invest. The Republicans let the cities go and you can't do that, man. You've got to, you know, if you're constantly retreating, you're not going to win. You got to get aggressive and campaign in opposition territory. Then Democrats will be like, they're trying to convince people in the city to vote for them. Yeah, because the message is good. Let's clean up the streets. Let's help your kids. Let's protect your families. Let's deal with crime. There's a strong possibility it can be done if we work together. Right now, there's an opportunity for Republicans and libertarians. I like the libertarians better, especially the Mises caucus. And it's going into cities and advocating for an alternative 
because Joe Biden and the Democratic Party has failed you. And we can see it here. It is going to be apocalyptic. We think. I reserve the right to be wrong because I'm not a psychic. But looking at all the indicators and the metrics and looking at Joe Biden's record low approval, uh, uh, record low approval, and it's going to get worse. I think I think the times there are changing. So get ready. Stand up. Get ready. Get out the vote. Tell your friends, be the change you want to see in that world. Each and every one of you who can go knock on your neighbor's door as politely as possible and ask them if they voted, like in the primaries and the general. And if they say no, be like, very simple. I would say this, please, man, please go vote. Don't care who you vote for. Just please go do it. And the reason I say that is I want people of passion and conviction to vote. I want people who pay attention to vote. And the Democrats are going to do it in big cities. I don't think the Republicans are going to bring us all the answers in the world. But I believe we need to get more people to take the effort to be to to engage. If you're a Democrat, go vote. If you're a Republican, go vote. Obviously, I'm not a fan of the Democrats, right? But I think everybody's got to tell all their friends, get out there and do it. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCastIRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Ladies and gentlemen, they got him. They got Dave Chappelle. It's only a matter of time. But Dave Chappelle's show in Minneapolis last night was canceled amidst transphobic remarks backlash. Legendary venue immortalized in Prince's Purple Rain. Dave Chappelle was going to perform a sold out show at the First Avenue Theater or venue or whatever it's called. Several, I believe around 2,000 seats or, you know, just shy of 2,000. They canceled it. They canceled it because Antifa threatened violence, to put it simply. Now, threatened violence, they called for direct action. They didn't outright say, everybody come and attack Dave Chappelle. No, they do what they do best, but we know about the violence. We know they get violent. I can't believe it. I mean, I can believe it, to be honest. I can believe it, but I just, I want to express my shock that the GOAT, Dave Chappelle, probably one of the best shows you'll ever see, the venue walked away. Why would I ever buy a ticket to a venue when they could just do this? Now, now, another venue who wasn't stupid immediately picked up the show, Varsity Theater. But it's still a, a major, major hassle for, uh, for Dave and for the organizers. And I know full well because Antifa threatened to burn down the theater at, event, at an event we had planned in the Philadelphia area. Don't believe me? It's just remarkable that I hear these stories. People are like, they say that you're, you're not telling the truth. And so police in Pittman, Gloucester County had said they were investigating threats of violence, including one to burn down the Broadway theater, the original venue. That's right. The Broadway theater panicked. The owner called. He was like, please, I'm so scared. I'm going to void your contract. Sue me. What are we going to do? Sue the venue for being victimized by Antifa? Yeah, we get it. After threats, and uh, after threats and outrage led NJ Theater to cancel a conference on racism and free speech, uh, racism free speech advocates meet in Philly. I love it. They say the event was billed at ending racism and authoritarianism. Quite literally, that's what it was. We we're like anti-racist libertarians. Well, I guess anti-racist doesn't mean what you think it means anymore. But I'll come back to that story because I want to point this out. If you're wondering why it is a venue would bail on the greatest of all time, Dave Chappelle, that's why. Andy knows, got it. They threatened an uprising or whatever you want to call it. So the venue bailed out. Well, let's read the story. We'll take a look at exactly what happened and why Dave Chappelle was able to get shut down. But before we do, my friends, head over to TimCast.com, click the Join Us button and become a member to support our work directly. 
Not a day goes by. I don't have someone saying that we should sell more ads and we should take other actions to, you know, just monetize the business in ways. Look, look, here's what we need to do. We need to make good content. We need to support censorship resistant systems like Parallel Economy and Rumble. We need people who believe in the content we do, if they like it, to become a member. That, that 10 bucks a month or more, if you choose to, supports the work directly so that we can build an apparatus that opposes what is happening to the likes of Dave Chappelle and what is happening on these big tech platforms. We don't use PayPal anymore. So a lot of people are like, I don't want to sign up because I don't like PayPal. We got rid of that. No more PayPal on the website. If you're a member with PayPal, nothing will change. You will still be a member. And you're, we, actually, I think people might automatically just you know switch to the new system. I'm not sure. But if you want to support censorship resistant platforms, if you oppose what's happening to Dave Chappelle, and I do, we're going to be we're, we're buying comedy specials. Timcast.com. We got two comedy specials in the pipeline. We're working on deals. We are going to do offensive edgy comedy. Cast Castle. It's going to be an exclusive on the website. Full show, 22 minutes per week, like any other sitcom. But we're going to do like 50 episodes per year. Edgy comedy. We're going to be talking about vaccines and Bill Gates and all of that fancy stuff because it's funny. And we're going to make jokes about it. YouTube wants to censor us. Then we have to find a way to challenge this. This is the best way we can do it. So if you want to support our work, TimCast.com, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel. Here's the story. Dave Chappelle may have garnered an Emmy Emmy nomination last week for his controversial The Closer special. That I find laughable, to be honest. But today the comic was booted out out of one of Minneapolis's most storied venues for his often wounding take on the transgender community. Mere hours before the Mark Twain prize winner was set to step on stage at the Minnesota, Minnesota Metropolis's First Avenue, organizers pulled the plug on the sold-out show, citing a backlash against Chappelle's perceived transphobic remarks. First Avenue management canceled the, his protested performance at the venue and moved him to the nearby Varsity Theater. Here's what they had to say. The Dave Chappelle show tonight at First Avenue has been canceled and is moving to the Varsity Theater. To staff, artists, and our community, we hear you and we are sorry. We know we must hold ourselves to the highest standards. And we know we let you down. We are not just a black box with people in it. And we understand that First Avenue is not just a room, but meaningful beyond our walls. The First Avenue team and you have worked hard to make our venues the safest space in the country. And we will continue with that mission. We believe in diverse voices and the freedom of artistic expression, but in honoring that, we lost sight of the impact this would have. We know there are some who will not agree with the decision. We are welcome. You are welcome to send feedback. If you are a ticket holder, look for an email with information on your tickets transferring to the show at Varsity Theater. Now, many may immediately come out and be like, it's fine. His show got moved. It still happened. No way, dude. We experienced this. This disrupted it. I'm sure people showed up to First Avenue and went, where's the show? And they were like, it was canceled. Oh, and left. That's the game. It's attrition. No, no, we moved him to Varsity Theater. It's fine. The Varsity Theater soon afterwards took to Twitter to reinforce the shift of venues, saying, attention, Dave Chappelle fans, the show scheduled for tonight's First Avenue has been moved, blah, blah, blah. Your First Avenue tickets will be honored. Reps for Chappelle, who, previously, uh, who was previously set to put, uh, put on two other shows at the Varsity tomorrow and July 22nd, did not respond to a request for comment. Tickets for Chappelle's First Avenue gig were suddenly released on July 18th and were scooped up within minutes for a 1,550 main room capacity facility. For those living under a rock, 
or requiring a cultural anthropology lesson. Appreciate the opinion piece in your news reporting. First Avenue is the club featured heavily in Prince's iconic Purple Rain film from 1984. Though First Avenue has never official, uh, officially been declared a historical landmark, as many believe it should be, the venue celebrated its 50th anniversary back in 2020. Over his career, Chappelle has performed at the venue repeatedly. Even though Chappelle's The Closer attracted fierce fallout, and even some Netflix staff firings and resignations over the protests, wow. TV Academy voters still felt fit to give the special an Emmy nomination on July 12th in the Outstanding Variety Special category. I, I don't agree with that. I thought The Closer was good, but Sticks and Stones was great. Now, I don't know if he got an award or nomination for that either, but The Closer was very much like, I mean, maybe this is why it does deserve something because he was pushing back on the outrage and the, and the, and the extremism that was heading his way over transphobia or whatever. To get an Emmy, uh, you know, an Emmy nomination for that, I'm kind of like, wow, for two reasons. For one, he doubled down and defended himself from the trans uh, activist community. You'd think the, the, the establishment would recoil in horror at the sight of that. And two, it was mostly just a defense of that. It, it, was, it was not nearly as funny as it should have been. It was getting really, you know, Carlin-esque end of career era where he just started ragging on the, the machine instead of telling jokes. Not Carlin. I'm a big fan. He's a, he was a, he's a legend. But later on, you know, in his career, it was just saying the government sucks. The government sucks. Here's why it sucks. A lot of it was funny and I can respect it. And maybe, I don't know. I don't know. The closer was good. Don't get me wrong. You know, I think Dave Chappelle is the greatest of all time. It doesn't literally mean he's the best comic who's ever lived. I mean, like in this generation, he is the top tier cream of the crop. They say in, in his What's, it, What's in a Name special release on Netflix last month, Chappelle showed, showed little understanding of the pain he may have caused. In fact, he called The Closer a masterpiece, really, citing a meeting with upset students of D.C.'s Duke Ellington School of the Arts, where Chappelle himself finished high school. The comic dismissed their concerns with his material and his POV on trans rights as simply talking points lacking insight into his artistic nuance. The more you say I can't say something, the more urgent it is for me to say it, said Chappelle in the 40-minute speech over the naming of the school's theater. And it has nothing to do with what you're saying I can't say. It has everything to do with what my right, my freedom of artistic expression. We got the posts from Mr. Andy No, covering the story over on Twitter. He says, breaking, militant far-left groups in Minneapolis are calling for a violent direct action against Dave Chappelle's show tonight. They led an onslaught against First Avenue and successfully pressured it to cancel. Now the show has moved to the Varsity Theater. Minnesota Uprising says there is no world that should exist where TERFs and transphobes feel comfortable oppressing our trans comrades. Show up tonight to let Dave Chappelle, his fans, and First Avenue know their hatred isn't welcome here. 6 p.m., 7th Street and First Avenue, cover your face and stay dangerous. Yeah, outright calling for violence. Stay dangerous? We know what that means, right? And we can see the First Avenue announced they were moving. Here's another uh, uh, flyer. Trans people aren't going anywhere. Chappelle's show has been moved to the Varsity Theater. Meet at 13th Ave and Southeast 4th at 6 p.m. No date nights for bigots, they say. F. Dania Frank. Da Dana Frank. It works. It really does. Now, outside of that, there's been an attempt from people in, Min in Minnesota and Minneapolis to just go after Dave Chappelle and get him canceled. Yo, there's a cult, Okay. Regular people think Dave Chappelle is funny. Regular people watch Netflix, and that's why Netflix paid him tens of millions of dollars for these comedy specials, so they could sell against it. The Star Tribune says Dave Chappelle's superstar status doesn't justify super high prices. 
Really? Yes, it does. Dave Chappelle is the most famous comedian right now, period. I mean, you got the likes of Joe Rogan. Maybe you could argue Joe Rogan is more famous, but I think Joe Rogan's more famous because of his podcast. I think his podcast plus his comedy and the other thing and MMA, as just a comedian, Dave Chappelle is it. That's why he get paid the big bucks over on Netflix. But I, I don't know. I don't know. It's fascinating. I mean, are we going to see something like this with Joe Rogan? Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, Joe, you got some competition here, baby. Chris Cuomo's coming to do a podcast and a YouTube show, which will see him go rogue with free agent guests. I don't really care to cover this story. I don't care for Chris Cuomo. I just thought it was funny. I'll tell you what. I know exactly about this. And I know exactly about what they're trying to do. And I also point out, look how much weight I have lost. Uh, my weight's bounced up and down, but this time it's going to stick. We got this story from August 31st, 2019. Let's talk about exactly what happens. I can't speak to what Dave Chappelle is thinking right now. I can speak to what I was thinking and what the organizer of our event was thinking when something similar happened. I can give you insights into what may be occurring with Dave Chappelle because it happened to us. Let me show you the story. After threats and outrage led New, York, New Jersey theater to cancel a conference on racism, free speech advocates meet in Philly. I love how the media just absolutely lies. Or it's not so much they lie, it's that they have no interest in telling the truth. Because, well, we have to balance the view. Okay, let's break it down. They say, more than a week ago, amid threats of violence made purportedly by anti-fascists and criticism among progressive activists, the South Jersey theater canceled a planned event that had been billed as a day-long conversation about how to end racism and authoritarianism. Philadelphians, it seemed, may be better accustomed to controversial people saying potentially offensive things. On Saturday, organizers held the conference at Sugar House Casino, and the day of panel discussions proceeded without incident. They tried to make it seem like everything was fine, like it was without incident. That's not true. Absolutely not true. We had a far leftist come in and harass people, and then claim she got chased out of the building, which never happened. Just outright lies. There was incident. Absolutely. Look what they do. Hundreds of people, largely white men. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, the majority of people in this country are white. Okay. And there were women there too. Largely white men. Yeah. It was proportional to the country. You see the games they play? And at least one from Bulgaria packed into an event, uh, event space at the casino to hear an assembly of mostly right-leaning YouTube personalities and provocateurs discuss what they describe as the threat posed by, posed by big tech censorship of content it deems inappropriate, the folly of banning such things as hate speech and sex work and outrage culture. It's just a false framing because this is the game they play. We're being fair. We're being fair. The event had progressives. We had social justice activists speaking. It was about bringing people together to share these ideas. And many of these people talk about this, but provocateurs? What does that mean? Uh, Right-leaning YouTube personalities and provocateurs? It's just such disgusting BS. 
It was sponsored by the social network Minds, which promotes itself as an alternative to Facebook and Mythinformed, a Milwaukee-based secular organization, blah, 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 blah. Police in Pittman, Gloucester County, had said they were investigating threats of violence, including one to burn down the Broadway theater, the original venue. So here's what happens. The activists know for a year we were planning this event, or around a year. They waited until the week before the event called in the threat to burn down the theater. The guy who runs the theater then voided his contract with us, and we could have sued him for damages and probably won. But what's the point? Now, when this happened, we had like a week to find a venue. We called around and most places were booked. That's the point. That's the tactic used by these far left terrorists. The goal is to make it impossible. The Broadway theater was a thousand seats. The Sugar House Casino was 500. Several hundred people were unable to attend because of the capacity limitations. We lost a lot of money. Now, they want us to come out. Antifa and the terrorists want us to come out and talk about all the pain and the damage they cause, so they can threaten other people and say, see what we'll do to you. And there's no one really to sue because it's a bunch of wingnut activists who have no money. We could go after the, the theater. And we talked about it. It would cost us as much money as, you know, as we could probably earn in damages. It was a lot of damages. It was a lot. And then what? We go after the theater. Some people said we should bury them. You, if they, they, they told us, I'll tell you this too. When we told them there were likely going to be protests, the Broadway theater said, don't worry, we've had Ann Coulter here recently. We can handle it. And I said, okay, perfect. And then they bailed out because apparently someone said they would come and burn the theater to the ground. And the police, I don't think, ever arrested anybody. And that's, they get away with it. And it was probably a federal crime too. And that's probably why the police didn't do anything. And the feds aren't going to get involved for interstate threats like that. Too minimal. So nothing ever got done. Now let's talk about Dave Chappelle, the insight. I assure you they were upset. I assure you they're angry. I assure you this is bad for Dave Chappelle's business. Now, Dave, he's the goat, right? So the varsity immediately picked it up and said, don't worry about it. We got you. For us, it was a lot harder. We had to call around. We had to try and find a venue. It was not super easy, but we pulled it off. And then we had to like wait till the last minute. And I got to be honest, actually, as much as it does suck that we lost around half our capacity and several hundred people were unable to attend because all of a sudden we had to refund their tickets. It was fun to be in a casino. Our security was way better. We felt more comfortable. We had a really great green room hangout area VIP section. And uh, we got to go play back blackjack downstairs. That was actually pretty cool. I'm like, you know, look, we got some people that are speaking. I'm not, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go downstairs and play some blackjack. I love me some blackjack. So that was, that was a lot of fun. You know, light, uh, open, uh, close the door, open a window, you know, right? But this is the issue. Dave Chappelle, the venue organizers, they know Antifa means business. They know the government won't do anything about it. So they cave instantly. We are living in a terror state right now. Dave Chappelle, who is getting an Emmy for a multi-million dollar Netflix comedy special can't do an event without terrorists threatening violence. Stay dangerous. We know what they'll do. Look what they did to us. How do we live this way? If law enforcement will not handle this, yo, it's gonna collapse. Cities are falling apart. They're riddled with crime. I'm already, I'm already, I'm getting my segment ready for 1 p.m. And it's about just the brawls, the violence, the chaos erupting all over the country. People are just fighting and beating each other and the cops do nothing about it. It's crazy. You think Dave Chappelle wants any of that to happen? So I'll tell you this. Behind the scenes, we were pissed. 
We called lawyers. We said, what are our options? What do we do? And we could have filed an emergency action to get the venue to play. And then I'm just like, it's tough. It's tough, man. How do you how do you combat this? Our headline speaker was um, with this uh, famous blues musician. We've had him on the show. You guys know what I'm talking about. We were going to talk about ending racism. And they said that having having this guy come didn't matter. The media smears us as provocateurs and right right-leaning, right-leaning individuals, even though our headliners were legit, proud individuals who have actually de-radicalized white supremacists. It's crazy to me. But this is the world we live in right now. And nothing was ever done about the extremists. They went to the media and they said stuff like, they don't live here and they're coming into our town. And I was like, they don't live here. I actually lived in this area a few miles away from the theater. I, I lived a, a few miles away and they claimed that we were coming from the outside community and they literally came from like 40, 50 miles away with lies. And they just run with it. Organizers promoted the event to, uh, as an opportunity to engage honestly with others in open dialogue. They say that, um, I think cancel culture is getting out of control, says Bill Ottman. During a panel discussion on the future of comedy online, a moderator asked whether he should ever apologize for a joke. No, says Count Dankula, the comedian who made a controversial dog video. If I cared about how you felt, I wouldn't have made the offensive joke. Well, you know, here we go. The headliner was Daryl Davis. A black musician and activist who says he's convinced 200 people to leave the Klan. After Saturday's conference at Sugar House, police escorted guests to an after party at Human Village Brewing Co. in Pittman, where about 40 people demonstrated outside. And when Davis tried to talk to them, they screamed that he was a white supremacist. That's right. A middle-aged black man who de-radicalized the Klan, they called him a white supremacist. This is the world we live in. They don't know. They don't care. Andrew Seidman. The journalist who wrote about this, he didn't tell you the truth. He went out there and said, what are they saying? What are you saying? Bro, come to the event, read our documents and report the truth. They don't do it. And the activists know they don't do it and they make a point of it. Activists know the media will play both sides so they can say whatever they want. They'll say, oh, the organizers there are a bunch of white supremacists who have literally attacked people in the streets. And what do they do? They'll say the organizers have been accused of attacking people in the streets. They know the media just reports it uncritically and without evidence. How do you combat such a thing? Look, I don't mean to rehash an old story. I just want to point this out as it pertains to Dave Chappelle, what they may have been going through. And maybe Dave doesn't care. Maybe the varsity was a better venue or whatever. But this, they're getting to him. They're they, Dave Chappelle of all people. Well, we live in a terror state and the police aren't doing anything about it. The DAs won't do anything about it. Maybe it's the George Soros funded DAs, but I don't know. There you go, man. I'll see it. We'll, we'll see how things progress, I suppose. But we've been talking about it for a decade, and, and this is where we're at. Hey, man, Dave, you rock. Look forward to hearing more from you. I would go to the venue. I don't care about the threats. You got to stand up for what you believe in, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Everything's just a bit too chaotic. It's really difficult to get through it, isn't it? I can't imagine what it must be like for you guys. You know, I, I, I sit in this stuff all day, every day. I build up a certain resilience against the absurdity of the modern world. But this is just getting too crazy. 
I don't know how y'all feel about it. I mean, you go to work, you come home, you turn on the Timcast, you listen to the show. Joe Biden has COVID and cancer, or maybe he doesn't have cancer. And maybe he doesn't even have COVID. I haven't heard it from him. Has he confirmed it? Does it matter when he said he had cancer? They said it wasn't true. So who do we trust? Some woman who is not the president claiming he does have COVID is a fact, but Joe Biden himself saying he has cancer is not. Sorry, dude. I have no idea what you're talking about. Maybe we are just being Yuri Bezmenov'd. Is that a verb yet? You guys know Yuri, right? He talked about the demoralization. Let me just say it one more time. A spokesperson claiming Biden has COVID is proof he has COVID, but Biden saying he has cancer is not proof he has cancer. The White House says he doesn't. And so his own words are meaningless. Yet on other big major stories relating to foreign policy, Biden can assert something to be true. And they'll say Biden confirms. I'm sick of it, yo. I don't know if this man has COVID. I mean, TimCast.com is reporting he does because they said he did. But can we report that he has cancer because he says he did? Maybe as both, maybe as neither. I don't even know. Apparently nothing is true. Everything is true. Whatever you want to be true is true. And then they call you fake news if you report on Joe Biden saying he has cancer. Did you guys see that the other day? Joe Biden came out and literally said he had cancer. He didn't say he had. He says he has cancer. So I got to clarify. Yesterday he said, I have cancer. Not verbatim. He said, I and so damn many other people have cancer. Have, have. And they're like, nope, nope, we, uh, uh, nope. Okay. Whatever, man. It's so tough. I'm so tired. I gotta be, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm just like, how do I, how do I even, how do I even? Well, I'll tell you what you can do. As demoralizing as all this may be, uh, become a member at TimCast.com. Come over here, click that Join Us button, support our work if you believe in this. I just, I just got to say, it is, it, is, it is hard some days. And people say, Tim, how do you sit through all this and read all this stuff? And I'm like, yeah, it ain't easy sometimes. Running a company, we're looking at like 33 to more or more employees. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I'm like, it's not easy at all. I saw a great meme and they said, everybody wants to play your position till they see what it takes to hold that position. And that's true. And that's just, you know, look, I, the business stuff of things is hard, but look at this. Look at this story. President Biden tests positive for COVID. Says who? From NDTV, president says, Joe Biden says, I have cancer. Stuns Twitter. What else clarifies? Spare me. President Joe Biden has tested positive for COVID-19, the White House announced on Thursday. Biden 79 is vaccinated and double boosted. So he's got three shots. He's 79 and he got COVID. According to the statement from White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, the president tested positive on Thursday morning and is experiencing very mild symptoms. She said that he will be isolating at the White House and will continue to carry out all of his duties fully during that time. He has been in contact with members of the White House staff by phone this morning and will participate in his planned meetings to the White House this morning via phone and Zoom for the resident from the residents, the statement said. OK, how about uh, how about this one? How about Joe Biden actually has cancer because he's the one who said he has cancer and I don't trust other people telling me about his health. And they're saying this because he's getting cancer treatment so he can't be at work. No, 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 it's not cancer. It's COVID. Biden came out and said he had cancer. The next day, they're like, he's going to have to be isolated. Why do I believe some random spokesperson? 
Is that the game we're supposed to play? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, it makes more sense that he just has COVID and not cancer, even though he said it. I'm just so sick of it. Who do you trust? The president who said it or random spokespeople who said other things? I guess pick. The media will tell you your fake news if you take the word of the president, right? Say it to my face, media. I will say right now, Joe Biden confirms he has cancer. Tell me I'm wrong when I say the president confirms. Because if you want to argue that Joe Biden has no right to assert facts, then I will say thank you for that. And the next time he says anything, I will say the man is a liar and demented and even once falsely claimed he had cancer. So pick one. The dude's brain is broken and thinks he has cancer or he he does have cancer. You see the game? You see the game? I'll go with this. The president of the United States made a statement. It's done. This woman, I don't know. What gives her the right to assert something about the health of the president as opposed to the president himself? So here's what I think. He got cancer. He can't work. He's getting chemo. Who knows what? They tell you it's COVID. Someone's lying, right? So, so again, who's lying? Is the spokesperson lying about him having COVID? Well, she's not Biden, right? Or is Biden lying about having cancer? Oh, no, he misspoke. He meant to say he had cancer. He didn't tell me this. Joe Biden didn't tell me this. Joe Biden didn't come out and say, sorry, I misspoke. Joe Biden did not come out and say it to me. Some random person did. I don't know you. I'm sick of this stupid game. They say Biden is being treated using the antiviral Paxlovid and will be returning to in-person work as soon as he tests negative. Consistent with White House protocol for positive COVID cases, which goes above and beyond, above and beyond CDC guidance, he will continue to work in isolation until he tests negative. Once he tests negative, he will return to in-person work. It's very convenient. The president who announces he has cancer is being isolated. Why should I believe anything else? Period. Why? The White House said that they'll be providing daily updates on his status as he continues to carry out the full duties. Per standard protocol, for any positive case of the White House, the White House Medical Unit will inform all close contacts of the president during that day today including any member of Congress and any members of the press who interacted with the president during yesterday's travel. The president's last previous test for COVID was Tuesday when he had a negative test result. The president took the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine in December 2020 and January 21. He was boosted with Pfizer shots in September of 2021 and March 2022. Wait, wait, what? He's got four shots? Oh, that's right. That's right. Because the initial dose was two, two doses, right? One month, one month. Vice President Kamala Harris tested positive on April 26, but reported being asymptomatic. Already on Twitter, President Harris is trending. President Harris. Well, I guess it'd be better than this, but I don't know. They're all lying. Someone's lying. Tell me who is lying. Does Joe Biden have cancer or does he not have cancer? Who's the liar? Is Joe Biden a liar? Fine. Joe Biden's a liar. How about that? Joe Biden is a liar. He doesn't got cancer. What's that? You're saying he accidentally announced to the world he has cancer? Well, then he's a moron with a broken brain. Just say it already. NDTV reports. A video of President Joe Biden appearing to claim in a speech that he has cancer created alarm on social media on Wednesday. Mr. Biden was speaking during a visit to a former coal mine plant in Somerset, Massachusetts, to discuss new executive orders to fight climate change. Though the remark appeared casual, no, he seemed angry about it, indignant. Let me see if I can play this video. My mother drove us and rather than us be able to walk. And guess what? The first frost, you know what was happening. 
it had to put on their windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. And why can't for the longest time Delaware had the highest cancer rate in the nation. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up with have cancer. That's what he said. It's just so stupid. Mr. Biden was discussing the harm caused by emissions from oil refineries when he made a reference to his childhood home in Delaware and said, my mother drove us, blah, blah, you saw it. Okay, hey, NewsGuard, you watch these videos, right? You're going to give us an assessment. Tell me what's true. Is it true when the president says it or is it true when a random person who is not the president says it? If I come out and tell you that I have cancer, is that confirmed? Or what if some employee at my company comes out and says, no, he doesn't? Which one's true? It's a stupid game. Well, you know what, man? The media is full of it. It's media lies all the way down. This country is being gutted and ripped apart. That's the, that's the easiest way to explain it. The president comes out and says he has cancer. The next day they say he's in isolation for COVID. Why should I believe them? How about he's in isolation because he's getting cancer treatment? Does that not make sense? I don't, know what to, I don't know what to expect. I can tell you this. Under his leadership, we're looking at diesel shortages. We're looking at food shortages. We're looking at we're, we're looking at a collapse. I, I know, you know, it's kind of a hard segue going from Joe Biden is sick and has COVID or cancer to, to the collapse of this country. But I think it, it is interrelated. It's not like a one for one segue, but it is. It is somewhat a segue. National Black Farmers president issues dire warning to Biden admin. We're heading for a food shortage to the Biden administration who doesn't know if the man has cancer or not. We can expect him to save us from this. John Boyd Jr. says it's going to get bad. Now, I will point out to our NewsGuard friends, Fox News is no longer certified as correct. They're now fake news. I will not. I'm going to be probably phasing them out for sure. But this is an actual interview with an individual, so I'm willing to use it for the time being. Quote, you have the high cost of fuel, the high cost of fertilizer and lime and all of these upfront costs for American farm, America's farmers. And we haven't done any done anything in place to fix that, he said, adding that he's still waiting to hear back from the White House on a meeting that was promised. Boyd predicted that if key leaders refused to intervene, Americans could soon see evidence of a commodity shortage at their local grocery stores and as empty shelves become increasingly common. It's funny it happened during COVID. It's happening again already. They're screaming about record heat in Europe. Fires. It seems like their bigger concern is climate change. And then here they go coming out talking about the chaos that is supply chain crunch. Fuel prices are through the roof. The Biden administration has told us that they're going to get off fossil fuels. And I'm just like, dude, all right. You trust an administration that can't determine whether or not the president is sick. And you've got problems. Well, I guess either way you cut it, Biden is sick with something. Quote, we're going to lose more and more farmers by not acting, he said. We're heading for a food shortage in this country where you have different regions of the world, such as Ukraine, that won't be producing enough commodities such as corn, wheat and soybeans. All of these things are going to affect us here at home and we're going to see empty food shelves in the coming months. Host Todd Pirro noted that the cost of fertilizer has increased by 200 percent or nearly tripled over the past year, a devastating increase that has forced Boyd to pay $1,100 per ton this year compared to last year's rate of 400 per ton. Boyd said he's also struggling to pay $6 per gallon for diesel. Now, this is amazing because I was worried that food costs were going to go up 40%. That's more than 40%. 
way more. I should say the cost of fertilizer has increased by way more than 40%. Now, how much can the farmer absorb? I think they're going to crank up costs to cover it. They need a 40% increase in, in the cost of fertilizer. That cost will directly translate right to the food, not to mention the $6 per gallon for diesel, meaning the food costs are likely going to go up way more than that. Because we're looking at a triple, triple the cost for fertilizer. The administration hasn't put things in place to help us. The administration isn't talking enough about the plight of what's going on with Americans. We're losing farmers every year that we don't take action, and that's going to help. But it's going to hurt us here at home. High cost of food, that's going to affect every American that walks into the supermarket. We have to find a way to invest in infrastructure for farmers and put farmers first and put more scale, more small scale farmers back into business. I think they're gutting the system on purpose. That's it. Boyd also criticized Biden for prioritizing foreign aid over the needs of American farmers. You think the war with Russia and Ukraine is going to end anytime soon? Probably go on for years, right? And if it does, the food shortage will get worse and worse. And you know what's crazy is, you know, we've talked about the fall harvest. We haven't talked about next spring. It's going to be substantially worse. This year, we are going to face a very serious shortage. Next year, it's going to be exacerbated, substantially worse. We're going to see mass starvation in Africa and South America and the Middle East. I don't know how high this food flood, the figurative flood, will get. But only the strong will survive. Now, I've been talking about buying emergency food for some time. The left laughed at the idea and they mocked me for shouting out emergency food. If you would, if, if you would have bought the emergency food one year ago, you'd saved. You'd have saved like 40% or like 30%. And it's only getting more expensive. So I don't know. Look, I'm not doing a promo for any emergency food right now. But I'm just saying if you were to buy it now, you're going to save money because the food inflation is a real thing. It's up like 12% or whatever. Take a look at this from, from uh, CNBC. The food security crisis could, could kill more people than COVID has, says Senegal minister at G20. From just the other day, Senegalese minister of, Econom uh, of economy, Amadou Hat, has urged the global food industry not to boycott the trade of Russian and Ukrainian food products as the food crisis rages on in vulnerable countries. Hat said at the group a group of 20 meeting of financial leaders in Bali last week that without immediate resolution, the crisis, which involves both a food shortage and high prices, would kill more people than during COVID times. But climate change, too, has contributed to the problem over time, not just the war and the pandemic. Keep saying it. OK, this is what happens when look. You know, I was originally thinking of I was I was actually putting together this food security shortage thing when the news came in that Biden has COVID. And I was like, what is it, man? Is it COVID or is it cancer? COVID or cancer? They don't know. We don't know. We're supposed to just decide based on what the media tells us what to believe. Sorry, I'm not playing that game. Give me proof. There's no proof he has either. I can take his word for it and say he has cancer. And the system just crumbles down all around us. This is what happens. Now, I understand it's a world thing. But do you think Joe Biden is going to save the American people? Do you think he's going to be an effective leader during this massive and major crisis? Or do you think he can't figure out if he's got cancer or not? We got to pay the penalty for it, I suppose. Newsweek says, does Joe Biden have cancer? President's history with melanoma explained. Always just rushing out to defend this man and translate for his fractured brain. Ian made a funny point yesterday on Timcast IRL. Good point. 
We opened the show and I was very serious. I said the president has announced that he has cancer, but I don't know if he actually has cancer or not. Ian pointed out how crazy is that? The man literally said he has cancer. Why are you doubting him? Because he's demented. Because the president of the United States is discernibly, verifiably demented and the world knows it. When he says he has cancer and the media runs out and says, no, no, no. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Did Joe Biden? Glenn Kessler, who's the editor of Washington Post, fact checker, responded saying, how dumb is this tweet? Check out Biden's medical report before he became president. He had non-melanoma skin cancers removed. Has no one at RNC Research ever had this common procedure? You see how the media rushes out to translate for and defend and placate? What is this? Are these Democrats? These people work for the government? So, so imagine like, if I came out and said, I have illness that I've had before, you'd be like, no, nah, he doesn't. Like, imagine if I came out and said I had COVID. And they'd be like, Tim doesn't have COVID. He had COVID a year ago. No, I came out like you can get it twice. They're like, he had cancer before. You can get cancer again. Most surgery, which the, which the president underwent multiple times, is an effective way of treating the two most common types of skin cancer. Blah, 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 blah. I'm tired of, I'm tired of all of it. It's rough. It's rough when you wake up to a, a fractured and psychotic news cycle. That, uh, you know, what do you do? The other day we learned that uh, the Colbert staffers who insurrected won't be charged. And I'm like, what am I going to say again? I'm going to make another video saying this double standard. At a certain point, it's just boring to talk about any of this. I guess in a 24-hour news cycle with a need to have a conversation, they recycle everything. And that maybe is the real story. They can't allow you to speak negatively about Biden. So when he says he has cancer, he doesn't really have cancer. But then when someone else says he has COVID, he does have COVID. And we're supposed to act like... We are not allowed to discern what is or isn't true or who we trust. Do you trust Corinne Jean-Pierre more than the president? Unless Joe Biden comes out and says he has it, why should I believe he's got COVID? The nature of reality at the time, the nature of the Yuri Bezmenoving of this country, the demoralization, the idea is that you put out misinformation, disinformation, you make everyone so confused and demoralized, they just don't want to be involved anymore. And that's the difficulty of all of this. Waking up every day to read the same stories. And, you know, periodically I come out and I say this because it's true. I'll look at, look at the news and just see that it's all the rehash, same old news. And I just make a video where I'm like, am I going to keep saying this over and over again every single day? I had a guest tell me that I have to. And they said, if you don't, then eventually it normalizes. You need to call out the double standards. You need to call out the hypocrisy and the lies. Or one day... People just stop calling it out. And it's kind of like life is walking on a treadmill. If you, you're, you're, it's like being on a treadmill. If you walk, you stay still. If you stop walking, you move backwards. You have to sprint to advance. And that's true because we're all competing against each other. Certainly what I do here is a sprint. We've reduced the amount of content we've, we've produced as of you know two years ago. I used to do six segments per day 
four hours of recording. And now it's just chilling out, producing a bit less. Now it's about three hours of recording with Timcast IRL included. Chilling out, chilling out, trying to trying to pull back a little bit because it's endless. The media manipulations, the lies. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure many of you get tired of it, too. Like, how many videos can you watch of the same thing? So tell me, you tell me, does Biden have cancer? And I'll also point out, too, for those that were wondering what happened, my, my YouTube like censored my, my 10 a.m. segment. Some people couldn't hear it and some people could. I don't see how that's an accident. Some people would see no audio, some people it wouldn't play, and some people got the full video with no problem. So tell me how that's an accident. Sure, I guess something happened where certain IPs were blocked. I have no idea. It makes sense, though, considering what I was talking about, that it would be censored. That's what they're doing. And then I just say, you know, well, you know what, man? Why would they censor and why would they hinder and why would they make it difficult to do the work? Because I'm calling out Joe Biden and the Democrats and the midterms. The midterms are coming up. So they don't want to give me they don't want to prop up my content. They got They got to hinder it. And I bet they'll come out and say, oh, it was all just a simple error. We're so sorry about that. Yeah, right. So sorry about that error. Keep lying. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.